Take the Ron Show wherever you go. Download the America One Radio app to your smartphone and listen on the go. Or in traffic wishing you were on the go. The Ron Show on America One Radio. I want to give you some audio from uh, Governor Kemp's State of the State address earlier today. Here are the highlights. Over the last four years, our greatest achievements were accomplished when both chambers worked hand-in-hand with my office to, to put the people of our state first ahead of the status quo. Our future as a state relies on that partnership to do the right thing for our citizens, even when it may not be easy. Each of you has my commitment to continue that work and do it together. That's good for our entire state because I believe this session will be one of consequence. I'm proud to report that because of the foundation that we have built together over these past four years, because of the resilience shown by the people of our great state, because of the resolve they continue to show, the state of our state has never been stronger or more resilient. This session, we will not only build on the monumental achievements of the past four years, we will set Georgia on a path of greatness for generations to come. This past year in particular was unprecedented for economic success in the Peach State. In less than 365 days, we announced four of the largest economic development projects in the history of our state. Those four projects alone will bring over 20,000 new jobs and over $17 billion in investment to rural communities across Georgia. Those good paying jobs are in fields that would define the next generation of manufacturing. And that future will be made right here in Georgia. But we are not slowing down. Just last week, we learned that in the first half of this fiscal year, our top-ranked Department of Economic Development helped announce 17,500 new jobs and more than $13 billion of investment coming to Georgia. And I am especially proud that once again, 85% of those jobs are coming to areas outside Metro Atlanta. And the good news is our metro areas continue to thrive in this environment as well. With organic growth generated by good policies and a pro-business approach that we have all worked on with our partners in the private sector to create. I also want to thank the members of the General Assembly for your contributions to this effort. I cannot overstate how critical your support is when it comes to winning in these competitive environments, while also providing a good return on investment that we will literally see for decades in this state. Thanks to the collective work of those in this chamber, those who came before us, and the local leadership across Georgia, we have been named the number one state in the country for business for nine years in a row. But despite all we have achieved, there is a growing risk to that number one status, the need for more workers, and quality homes where they can raise a family in the same community where they work. This year, the budgets I presented to you make significant steps in addressing both issues. We are putting precious state dollars where our priorities are, including every level of education to grow a generation of highly skilled workers. In fact, between both budgets, we will devote an additional $1.9 billion to education and fully fund the QBE formula. We are expanding and reinforcing the workforce pipeline at every level, including where it begins in our K through 12 classrooms. Hardworking teachers are the most impactful elements of the pipeline. To keep our best and brightest in the classroom, when I first ran for governor, I promised to raise teacher pay by $5,000. 
With your help, we fully delivered on that pledge. To reward those who continue to serve after the hardships of the pandemic, my FY 2024 budget proposes yet another $2,000 pay raise. While some politicians have continued to grumble about teacher pay in Georgia, I would like to share the fact. In total, we will have given hardworking ed educators a $7,000 pay raise in just five years. No other General Assembly or governor will have raised teacher pay by so much so quickly in state history. And I want to thank you all for your support of that. With the passage of this budget, the average teacher salary in Georgia will also now be over $7,000 higher than the Southeast Regional Average. But we know that teachers don't just need more pay and resources. They also need reinforcements. That's why I'm furthering the teacher workforce pipeline measures we put into place during my first term. Through the certification grants that will help paraprofessionals become teachers. With this one investment, we will add close to 5,000 new teachers to our education workforce. But we also know the workforce pipeline extends into our world-class universities and technical colleges. That is why for the first time in over a decade, and in the 30th year of this program in the Georgia Lottery, we are once again fulfilling Governor Zell Miller's vision and returning the Hope Scholarship and Grants Awards to 100% of tuition. We will also continue to focus on apprenticeships, dual enrollment pathways, and degrees aligned with the needs of job creators to grow our talent pipeline. Because of our efforts, there is greater opportunity in literally every zip code in Georgia. But many of those communities struggle to provide adequate workforce housing. But transformational projects, good paying jobs, and new investments are worth little if there aren't options for hardworking Georgians to live where they work. We're talking about the people who are teaching our children, keeping our community safe, who provide life-saving support in times of trouble, and those who make the goods and provide the services that make a community such a great place to call home. That's why I'm creating the Rural Workforce Housing Fund, enabling the state to partner directly with local governments to develop sites across the state for workforce housing. I'm also eager to see solutions that will come from others over the next few months regarding this issue. As hardworking Georgians find opportunity in the quality housing that comes with it, they also deserve to live, work, and worship in safety. This is something everyone in this chamber can agree on, and no issue of public safety has received more bipartisan support than the legislation championed by the nation's best first lady, Marty Kemp, and our three daughters. Working alongside partners on the Grace Commission like uh, Speaker Pro Tem Jones, Attorney General Chris Carr, the GBI, and others, they have helped make Georgia a hostile place, hostile place for traffickers and a safe haven for victims. Marty and her partners have worked tirelessly to make Georgians throughout the state aware of this evil industry. Thanks to that good work, lives have been saved, children have been removed from dangerous situations, and offenders have been put behind bars where they can no longer make victims of the innocent. This year, we will build on their good work by increasing penalties for those organizations required to provide resources on how to spot human trafficking and what actions are needed to stop it, but who unfortunately fail to do so. Like Marty's prior legislation, I'm sure it will receive overwhelming bipartisan support. 
And I also want to thank the General Assembly, again, for your support of the receiving centers where victims are now finding help and hope. This is certainly a resource that is and is still in critical need. We will also continue to take violent offenders out of our communities. For far too many Georgians, the safety of their families and homes is put at risk by the unchecked crimes of street gangs. Early in my first term, we created the GBI's anti-gang task force to take the fight to these criminals. Last year, you gave the state a new tool to ensure justice, the Gang Prosecution Unit in the Office of Attorney General Chris Carr. I'm grateful that the Attorney General and his team have already indicted over 50 gang members in just the first six months of standing up this unit, and they have more on the way. Where local district attorneys are unwilling to confront these violent offenders, the Gang Prosecution Unit will. We have made great strides in curbing crime, but now this fight is entering a new phase, and law enforcement needs your help to continue to achieve success. In communities across our state, gangs are actively recruiting children as young as elementary school students into a life of crime. They are targeting the most innocent among us. That is why, along with the Attorney General, I'm proposing legislation to increase penalties for those trying to recruit our children into a gang. Let me be clear, you come after our children, we will be coming after you. I know Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones and his team are also actively working on the broader issue of gang violence, and we look forward to partnering with them on these efforts. My administration is thankful to the dedication to this urgent problem. I also know there's strong bipartisan support for our state law enforcement, including the brave men and women of the Georgia State Patrol. Just last week, we were reminded yet again of their steadfast courage and the dangers that they face on a daily basis. While helping clear the site of the future Atlanta Public Safety Training Facility of militant activists, a trooper was shot without warning or just cause. He was rushed to the hospital, endured multiple surgeries, in days of severe, severe pain, which he is still in. But like all troopers, he has refused to quit. Just a few blocks from where we are sitting today, he still continues his recovery. He and his wife have both our thanks and our praise, but also our prayers. Just this past weekend, when out-of-state rioters tried to bring violence to the streets of our capital city, State Patrol, Sheriff's deputies and Atlanta police quickly brought peace and order. But in addition to our public safety officers, we're also grateful for our health care heroes. And simply put, we need more of them. Right now, there are 67 counties with less than 10 physicians, and Georgia's need for more nurses is well documented. That's why I'm proposing over $4.5 million in loan repayment programs to grow the number of health care workers in Georgia. I'm also calling for an additional 102 residency slots through an investment of $1.7 million. With these additions, we will exceed the initial goal number of this program. And I'm proud to report that the innovative solutions we brought to Georgia's health care challenges continues to bring great results. When I first signed the Bipartisan Patients First Act in 2019, no counties had more than two health insurance carriers. Today, 86% of Georgia counties have three or more. And while others have called for expanding a one-size-fits-none massive government health care program, 
Thanks to our policies, enrollment in the individual markets has more than doubled since 2019 to over 700,000 Georgians. Thanks to our reinsurance program, we're also saving hardworking families more and more in their wallets. We've reduced premiums by an average of 12.4% across the state. That represents an average annual premium reduction of almost $1,000 a year. In rural communities, where premium prices were the least affordable when I took office, the reinsurance program has reduced premiums from 25 to 40%. In addition to these innovations, and with your help, we expanded Medicaid coverage to a full year after a mother gives birth. To support new mothers even more, my team is proposing legislation that will allow pregnant women who qualify to receive TANF benefits. Previously, they were unable to apply for such assistance until after a child was born. I know that this measure is supported by many in this chamber, and I am grateful for your backing. Since 2018, our state has spent over $15.3 billion on Medicaid, with a 9% increase in spending over that time. But while the state spends more and more, Georgians aren't seeing improvement in the care they receive. Here in Georgia, we're talking about an innovative and sustainable approach. The Georgia Pathways to Coverage program was negotiated in good faith with the federal government so that we could expand access to health insurance for those who need it the most, while also sustaining the quality of coverage. But it was the Biden administration that delayed its launch for over a year until thankfully a judge threw out their biased objections to this innovative approach. Those are the facts. When it comes to health care for hardworking Jordans, the Biden administration would rather play partisan politics than get people insured and lowered cost. Folks, we don't have time to wait on Washington, and I don't have much patience for D.C. posturing. We are moving forward, and we're on target for a launch date of July 1st of this year. To meet that goal, I'm allocating $52 million to stand up this program and connect those in needs to its benefit. Here's another fact. Upwards of 345,000 Georgians could qualify for the Pathways program and health care coverage for the first time, with no changes to those who qualify for regular Medicaid. And unlike Medicaid expansion, Georgia Pathways will not kick 200,000 Georgians off their private sector insurance. In our state, we want more people to be covered at a lower cost with more options for patients. And I'm proud to say that both Georgia Pathways and Access accomplished that goal. During this legislative session, I want to encourage the men and women throughout this chamber to consider not just the Georgia of today, but the Georgia of generations from now. We have much work to do, and we need to get it done for the people who are counting on us. Here at the start of a new session, a new term, and a new era for our state, we have an opportunity to make decisions that will impact our children's grandchildren if we do it right, and if we do it together. You know, the campaigns have all been run, or at least most of them, and the people have spoken. They have given us our marching orders, and it's time for us to get back to work. So for the Georgians of today and tomorrow, let's get it done. Those are the highlights from Governor Brian Kemp's State of the State address earlier today from the General Assembly uh, Chamber. Uh, we are piecing together some responses from Georgia Democrats, mostly via Twitter. I don't see a video. Maybe there will be one by the time I get to the next segment. Hopefully, one of my invites to some of the folks from the party 
to join us on the show for a response will be answered. Fingers crossed. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this.